the call and the characteristics of one who is walking worthy of his calling in Christ. That's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, you can turn there if you'd like. We'll read that in just a moment. Well, a, a black man who could neither read nor write was handed a gospel tract. You've seen these tracts before that you can hand out. A black man, uh, like I said, could neither read nor write. He was, he was handed a gospel tract, and he asked, what, uh, what is this? And when he was told that it was a gospel tract, he said, well, uh, I can't read it, so I'll watch your tracks. Boy, that's profound. As I read that this week, I asked my question, uh, myself this question, and I pray that you ask yourself this question. Who is watching my tracks? I read another story about legendary Dallas Cowboy football coach Tom Landry, where uh, many of his former players were being interviewed uh, and the common theme that kept rising to the surface <clears throat> was what one of his former players, Randy White, said about him. And this is what he said about Coach Tom Landry. He said, and I quote, The thing that I admired most about Coach Landry was the example he set. Not so much as a football coach, but for the person he was. He didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk and I always respected and appreciated that in him. End of quote. Charles Swindoll, author, author and pastor, said this, and I quote, Sadly, too many Christians never seem to put the two together, to move from talk to walk, from faith to life, from calling to commitment. So as we look into God's Word for just a few moments this morning, I want to ask us if we would do so with the heart's desire to, to go from head knowledge, from just what we know, to putting into action what we know. Put some feet to our faith, if you will, as we look at a walk worthy of our calling Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I'm reading from the NIV. <clears throat> Reads this way. As a prisoner for the Lord, some translations say of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life or to walk a life or to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, the Word of the Lord. We do thank you for these three verses of Scripture, O God, from the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. What a powerful three verses. Now speak to our hearts as we look at the call and the characteristics of 
one who is walking worthy. Speak to us now. In your name we pray. Amen. Verse number one of our text there. Uh, as I read that this week and prayed over it and looked at it and read it over and over again, I couldn't help but think there had to be a passionate urgency in Paul's voice here. What does he say? He says, as a prisoner for the Lord or of the Lord, then I urge you. Other translations may say, beseech you. I beseech you or I beg of you. Now, remember, Paul, of course, was thrown in prison all throughout his, uh, his time on earth. You know that he was literally locked up, that he was literally, his hands and his feet were in chains. Why? For the cause of Christ. You see, church, he was an example for us to follow. He was an example to those living back then in which he, were, he was uh, preaching to. He was living a life worthy of his calling. So what does Paul urge his faith, the faithful Christians here in Ephesus to do? He says, look, you need to walk worthy. Let's walk worthy. In other words, what he was saying was this. He said, look, you, you need to conduct yourselves in a godly way. You need to live a lifestyle that is in line with what the Scripture says. And you know, I thought about that this week, and, and I'm so glad that Paul said walk instead of sprint and run. Uh, that's a little more manageable, isn't it? For us just to walk. And as I thought about, maybe one of the reasons he used the word walk, because he's telling us just to look, just put one foot in front of the other, it doesn't have to be a big step. It can be a little small baby step, if you will. But keep walking. Keep walking in the right direction in the power of the Spirit. That means with the power that God grants us, that gives us, in order to keep moving. So it says, how should we walk? Paul tells us, in a way that matches our calling. Call to what? Call to salvation. Those of us who are Christians, we must walk in a way that, that, that is in line with the gospel, that is in line with what the Word of God says. You say, Preacher Mike, what, uh, what does that look like? What, what might that look like? Well, I think Paul painted a very clear picture here for us all this morning, a picture of the life worthy of our calling into the family of God. So let's look at those right quick. You can underline them, highlight them, write them on the back of your bulletin or what have you. And the first thing we see is that of humility. The first characteristic is humility. It means lowliness of mind, which is the very opposite of what word? Pride, the very opposite of pride. It's the same word Paul uses in, in Philippians 2 and 3. He says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than ourselves. And as Christians, our goal is to be like Christ, is it not? Well, humility must characterize us. Luke 18, 14 says this, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, as I thought about humility, quite simply, this is, this is a little formula, and we've heard it, we've seen it all of our life. <clears throat> but for me, it means this, that as Christians, we're to put Christ first, others next, 
and you guessed it, self-last. Self-last. Not a very popular formula in 2020, is it? Not very popular in our day's world because, because we like to go backwards. Don't we? we like to put self first, others next, and then Jesus down here somewhere. So humility. Then we come to gentleness or gentle in that second verse. Let, let me say this, that, gentle, uh, that humility always produces gentleness. Humility always produces gentleness. Gentleness. Now, another word you may see in, in, in a translation may, be, may see meekness. Let, let me tell you what dictionaries or how dictionaries find gentleness and or meekness as timid or a deficiency in courage or spirit. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not how the Bible defines that meaning. See, gentleness refers to that which is mild-spirited or self-controlled. The very opposite of vindictiveness or vengeance. Remember what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 5? He said, blessed are the meek or the gentle. Jesus described himself in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. He says this, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Remember in Galatians 5, 22, 23, where it lists the fruit of the Spirit? One of those just so happens to be gentleness. And this word should characterize every child of God. Philippians 4, 5 says this, Let your gentleness be evident to your best friend. Let your gentleness be evident to the people that you sit by in church. Let your gentleness be evident to all. To all. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, get this, get this list, with compassion, kindness, here it is, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, listen to this, put on love, which binds them all together in what? Perfect unity. Perfect unity. So gentleness or meekness has nothing to do with weakness. If you're, if you're gentle and meek, then you're strong. One last thing let me say about gentleness. The gentle person responds willingly to the Word of God, no matter what the requirements or the consequences may be. The gentle person is a, is a peacemaker who readily forgives and helps restore a sinning brother. Galatians 6, 1 says this. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. So humility, gentleness, thirdly, patience. This characteristic is an offshoot of the first two, of humility and gentleness. You see, the patient person, and, and, and I don't know if we have, you have to pray for patience or not, but the patient person is one 
who endures, get this, who endures negative circumstances and does not give in to them. Now, let me give you two examples so we can better understand that. Take Noah. Remember Noah? God said, Noah, I want you to build this big boat. I want you to build a big monstrosity of a boat. Because I'm going to put a lot of people on there. Well, not a lot, eight people. And I'm going to put a lot of animals on that thing. It's got to be big. Now, Noah, understand, it, it hadn't rained. It hadn't rained on the earth, or you don't know what rain is all about. But I want you to work on this. However long it takes, over 120 years to complete that task. And while he was doing that, he was preaching to his neighbors about God's coming judgment. Patient. Look at the Apostle Paul. He was willing to do, he was willing to go the extra mile, if you will, to endure any hardship, any affliction, any persecution or, or ridicule in order to patiently serve the Lord. <clears throat> Acts chapter 21 verse 13 says this, Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? And listen to what Paul says he's ready to do. I am ready not only to be bound, chained up, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Wouldn't you think, don't you agree with me that it takes uh, that what, as far as patient goes, it takes time to nurture that patience, especially in our impatient world. Think about it. We go to the microwave. All of you have a microwave? And it's supposed to be a quick fix. You can heat things up pretty quickly. You put that thing in. You only have to eat it for 30 seconds. But you put 30 seconds up there, and you say, hurry up, hurry up. I wish this thing would hurry up. And then I know none of you have road rage. You, you okay with slow drivers? That, that's not a problem. Okay, it, you, boy, you, you, you fit to be tied. You got to get around that person. And then as some of you may be doing right now, checking your cell phones down there, looking kind of indiscreetly at your watch, when the sermon gets a little bit longer, you, we're, we're impatient. We, we, we're, I mean, we're ready to go. Now, Aristotle, I found a quote that he, he, he said, I said, found something he said. He said this, and I quote, The greatest Greek virtue is refusal to tolerate any insult and readiness to strike back. Aren't you glad God doesn't work that way? Aren't you glad that God doesn't strike back at his children? Aren't you glad that God is patient with us? First Thessalonians 5, 14, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And lastly, we see that of forbearing love forbearing love what does that mean it means that we're to have mercy that we're to show mercy that we're to show grace to have grace toward other people first peter 4 8 says above all love each other deeply why because love covers over a multitude of sins as i read that verse this week isn't it Amazing how when Jesus was on the cross, how <clears throat> his love for us covered a multitude of sins, past, present, and future. That unconditional love that he has for each one of us. Now, let's wrap it up this way. I hope you've been following pretty, following pretty closely the whole month. And, and this is the last Sunday in January. I can't believe it. But for the entire month, we've talked about uh, the commands 
that Jesus, those parting words that Jesus left to his disciples and how he left those very same words to us. And that was love one another. Remember that? Love one another. And to preach or teach and proclaim the gospel, the good news. And today, the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart and mine, I hope he has anyway, about walking worthy of our calling as a child of God. Now, let me, let me, let me tell you how the only way we can do that. The only way we can do that is this. <clears throat> because God first loved us. That's the only way we can love other people. That's the only way we can walk a life worthy of our calling because God loved us. We can't do it in and of ourselves. We preach or teach or proclaim the gospel, the good news, only because why? We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The same power that, that filled Jesus' disciples, the same power fills us today. But get this, none of this happens without Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If we ever take Jesus out of the equation, we're lost. We're helpless. He is the good news. He is the gospel. And what is the good news? That Jesus came to this earth, that he died, that he was, that he was buried. Three days later, he came back to life, and, the, and, and we have the presence of the Holy Spirit with us today. So without Jesus, there's no loving each other. There's no forgiveness. There's no unity. There's no nothing. Jesus is the key to it all. He is the center of it all, and we must keep that in the very, Jesus, in the very center of our life. Not only on Sundays, and not on Wednesdays, but every single day of our life. So I wonder this morning, as we look back over those four characteristics, do we possess those? That of forbearing love, and that of patience, and that of gentleness and humility? I hope we do. I hope we're striving for those, for those characteristics to be evident in our daily life. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, as you have shown us so clearly, so, so clearly, what it means to walk in a worthy manner, in a way that would bring honor and glory to you, God, we must possess these characteristics, that of humility and gentleness and patience and forbearing love because God you are all of these things you are humility you are gentleness you are patience you are love and God may we never forget that may you you always be at the very center of all that we do and we pray in Christ's name and for his sake amen our hymn of dedication number 318. Let's stand as we sing.